But then once we came out and scored that second touchdown in the third quarter and we realized that absent something really strange happening, we were just going to settle on him and win. I think at that point, Kirby was like, just fire the bus up and let's run the clock. Now, having said that, I'm really worried for what that portends for the rest of the season offensively. The Dogs traveled up to Lexington and came away with a 14-3 win. Not the result that many fans, including the three of us on this podcast, really envisioned. But a win is a win, right? Some might argue that, but others worried that this offense is stagnant might feel otherwise. Was this a true struggle win and a sign of things to come for Georgia? Or is it just a man ball control the clock game that Kirby felt was the right way to win versus Kentucky? The three of us will share our thoughts on what went down in this episode. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you're listening to episode 251 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. I'm joined today by my two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller. During the recording of the show, we found out the news that Georgia safety Richard LeCount was in a bad motorcycle accident, but we really didn't know the extent of his injuries. It's being reported on multiple sites that LeCount is expected to miss multiple weeks, and that could be the rest of the regular season. The three of us wish LeCount our best and prayers to him and his family for a full and speedy recovery. Here's episode 251. Gentlemen, uh, we have a uh, text chain that we do during the game. So I often, uh, uh, you always tell how uh, tight and urgent and scary the game is by how soon the texts start during the game. Uh, this one, we got nearly to halftime, if not at halftime, before any of us woke up enough to be like, oh, right, we usually have like a text chain during this game. Um, 14-3, the final score. Uh, listen, uh, we all remember times where uh, victories were, while uh, still more common than non-victories, were not always as abundant as they are now. So we should always appreciate and enjoy a victory when you have the opportunity to do so. But... Uh, that was not the most thrilling Georgia game I have ever watched, uh, to, to say the very least. Uh, I think that uh, we can talk about some aspects of it. Uh, Stetson Bennett, I think, is definitely something we want to talk about. We're not going to talk about the count, but uh, mostly this game felt like, yep, they did enough to win, and it was over. It was a game that was actually over pretty quickly, but certainly did not feel that way. That would be the best way to put it. Yeah, I mean, I think what you saw um, is Kentucky and Georgia basically playing to the same game script, uh, strangely. And um, speaking of the, the text chain, I think one of the first things I texted is like, hey, this is the game that people thought we played last year, uh, that, that our fans complained about that we had last year. This is actually that game. On one hand, I get what you were trying to do as an offensive philosophy. I don't want to say this was a bad thing because I thought it, was, it showed a a great deal of um, discipline establishing the run game up front. And, you know, that first drive was a thing of beauty. Um, I also think it became a little bit of um, offensive. Quaaludes. <laughs> yeah, quaaludes. Yeah. like, oh, this feels good. And I like, right. I like being slow. And it, I think also when you saw Kentucky do that, um, I think had we, had we gone forward on fourth down on that second drive or first drive or whenever it was and gone up 14 to nothing or 14 to three, we Probably would have seen something different had we been up 14 or 21 in the first half. But then once we came out and scored that second touchdown and that at the start the the third quarter and we realized that absent something really strange happening, we were just going to settle on him and win. 
I think at that point, Kirby is like, just fire the bus up and let's run the clock. Now, having said that, I'm really worried for what that portends for the rest of the season defensively. And I'm sure we'll talk about that ad nauseum for this week's podcast about Florida. Um, it did not inspire confidence that that was um, that the, that we we took three shots. Two of them were awesome. One of them was whatever it was that happened on the long interception, and then the rest of the rest of the passing was, you know, kind of the get off of me. We're trying to run the football here. Passes. I tell you, I was most fascinated by how quickly that game was going by. It was like they were trying to play the fastest ever SEC televised game in history. And it finished under three hours, which is unheard of because if you have a game that's on CBS, those things typically go from 3.30 to 7.30. Um, But, you know, I might take a different approach because I've heard every single person I've spoken with, from neighbors to former Georgia players that are friends of mine, uh, are all... What's the word? Apoplectic? Is that a correct term? Yes. About I mean, the, that is a word. The offense? Is that the correct oh, terminology? Yeah. I mean, are they furious <laughs> yeah, about it? Some is that of what them, you're saying? Some of okay. them are furious about the way that this offense is looking. And so instead of just reacting, which would be easy for me to say, yeah, you know, Stetson Bennett, 9 of 13, whatever. I, t- I really think that Kirby is just playing uh, you know, a different game a little bit. And I, I still have complete faith in him. We're 4-1. We're and one. The defense has given up 81 total points in five games. Uh, more than half of those came to Alabama. So I think coming off that horrible loss to Alabama, having a week off, you've got a lot of injuries. Pickens isn't there. You immediately have a, a war of attrition on the defense uh, within the first couple of quarters of guys going down. You know, call me crazy, but I just really enjoyed seeing uh, just an old school three yards in a cloud of dust performance by the Georgia offense. And then, yeah, it was one of those games, and we've had a lot of these, where when Georgia went up 7 nothing, I felt complete confidence that Georgia was going to win this game. Even when they were up 7-3, in my mind, I'm sitting there thinking, we might just have a four-point win and win 7-3. to three. Now, is it exciting? No. Does it put a lot of confidence in the fact that all of these other top five teams have quarterbacks that are throwing for 291 yards, 342 yards? Justin Fields threw for four touchdowns again yesterday. Uh, yeah, that, that could be a problem if you're comparing things. But, um, you know, Georgia's 4-1. Uh, their defense looks great. You know, I mean, yeah, they gave up a couple of – a lot, way too many third-down conversions. But uh, – the, the thing that I've enjoyed seeing is the depth that they have uh, developed on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, that play from Rosemey Jack Saint where he kind of gave up on the ball and it, it sailed over, I think those are just easy type of throws that can get fixed in practice. So, um, so I'm, still, I'm still good on uh, Georgia's uh, outlook against Florida. And, yeah, 4-1, and one, 81 points allowed on defense. It's just a, a different kind of team. You know, I'm not apoplectic. I am not. I, that's a great word, Scott, and I commend you for using it. I've just never been able to yeah, say it. There we go. <laughs> I always have a really hard time saying that word. Um, I'm not uh, furious uh, about the offense. But, man, you know what this reminds me of? Um, and I feel like if there's one thing as it goes along into the Kirby Smart era that we've kind of learned, this is a game where, like, two years ago, we'd have been like, oh, they're keeping their powder dry. 
They're uh, they're they're able to beat a team like Kentucky without getting bringing out their big guns and wait until they've got to score points and then they will score points and it doesn't turn out that way. It never turns out that way. We always think that like oh they don't want to show Florida what they're doing. They don't that that's that's the strategy here. And I that's I just don't I think I think we have four or five years of evidence now that's actually not how that works. This is who they are. This is what they like to be. And I get it. It is a great way to be Kentucky. It's a great way to make the game go fast. It's a great way to make the game very dull. It's a great way for to actually have this word said in my house by people that all are citizens of the state of Georgia. Hey, should we check the score of that Illini game? It looks like it's starting to get closer. Like, that's a bad sign when you are watching a Georgia game because I wouldn't even make people do that. So um, I get it. Like, they won. They did what they had to do. No question. But... Um, the idea that, like, well, now now that's Florida, they're going to get the real gear going. I don't think that we're going to see that. I think we've consistently not seen that. And frankly, this uh, game had uh, for a game that was fourteen three and never close, sure did have a lot of uh, frustrated reaction shots of Stetson Bennett on the sideline. There were a lot of those for a game like that where a ball came up short. There was a, there was a turnover, and again, I Stetson Bennett is absolutely a good enough quarterback to win this game, and probably a good enough, maybe a good enough quarterback to beat Florida. But I, I know I keep harping on this man, but like, I mean, I know he didn't get a lot of opportunities to do a lot. I, I think he, it was like the second quarter through the through the first pass and that last drive. It was just like I think that like if they could have. Like I think if uh, like uh, there's just no way they were throwing a pass at the end of that game. Uh, to me is I understand that it's man ball. I understand he doesn't want to do man ball. This is the best way to win a Kentucky game. But you're just not going to convince me that like we should be deeply invested in the long term potential of a team that doesn't throw the ball to the second quarter and then to make sure they hang on to their lead against a fourteen uh, a fourteen three lead against it's a Kentucky team that's not that good is to hand it off fifteen straight times. Like, like, I get it. That's the right way to win. It also does not make me believe. Listen, there's a lot of discussion this week, and we'll get into this in the pregame show, about, listen, maybe they just don't have a choice with, with, with Bennett. And, like, Daniels isn't ready, and the idea that it's not the, that it's the safe choice, it may just be the only choice. And that, if that's true, that may very well be true. But it certainly, I think, puts a lid on um, a ceiling on how far this team can go because uh, you need to. S- We've seen quarterbacks win games like this that are kind of boring that did more or were trusted to do more than Bennett was in this game, and uh, I think that tells you uh, what they want from him in Florida. And I don't know. And, and moving forward, and I don't know if that's going to be enough. Yeah, it's harder to say whether or not this is, and this may well be a a mid-December conversation or a January conversation or whatever, which one is it that, that Kirby doesn't trust? Uh, because it certainly sounds like he trusts his quarterback. Uh, he's saying the right things, um, which leads to the next thing is, does he trust his offensive coordinator? And troubling is not the right way of putting it, at least in October or November now. But I think you're right, Will. There is a ceiling based on, I mean, we saw it a week ago at Alabama. There is a ceiling if we are going to play, um, if we're not going to take shots, and again, I, I agree with you that if this, you know, we and others would have been like, well, we're keeping our powder dry. I, I think that's a great observation and a great way of framing it. There is a path to beating Florida playing this way, but it does involve 
us continue to run the football exactly the way we ran against Kentucky. And I just don't think you're going to do that. Kentucky's odd defense is better than Florida. I don't think you're going to be able to do that and score enough points to keep up with Florida. Uh, I guess the other frustrating part is that when you get down to it, um, he was 9 of 13, right? Do I have that right? 9 of 13. Two of them were interceptions. One of them was a clear, um, uh, you know, it was a batted ball interception. And then one of them was, and, and Scott, I'm glad you brought it up. I, I, it looked to me like uh, Rosemary Jack Saint just broke the route off, which happens. The other part about it is there were, I just went back and looked at the the, the play sheet uh, in the the play-by-play. There were so many passes of two and three yards in situations where you needed five. And I, I, um, I get that at some point you're trying to establish something or do something. And that's kind of what I'm saying. It's like, we're going to throw this pass to kind of back you off our run game. Um, and again, we could show up next week and just throw the ball over the field. It doesn't feel like that's the team that, that, that we have right now offensively. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Northside and Westside Bottle Shop. Will, Tony, have you been to the bottle shop Athens, either the Northside or Westside location yet? I went to the one on Westside Friday afternoon. Had to have the bourbon for the weekend. Now, did you know that you can order online? I mean, you can you can either go there in person because they are open, of course, masks are required, but you can order online if you'd like to do that. Say you got something last minute or anything like that. Uh, you can pick up at the north side location or the west side when you order online. And of course, the north side location is 950 US 29, right past the water tower of Athens Tech. And the west side is 3685 Atlanta Highway. I did not know you could order online. Um, if... If we continue to get in a situation where it is important for us to be a little more socially distanced than we have been, I'll start using that. However, buying bourbon to me is a very personal experience. It's a uh, <laughs> You have to be in among the bourbons to really feel which one you get. Uh, I, of course, got Maker's Mark, but uh, I do always try to see what neat and cool things they have uh, because they usually have a pretty good selection of allocated things and stuff that's hard to find. And if you place an order online, you can pick them up uh, Monday through Saturday, 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. And then even on Sunday, uh, 12.30 p.m. to 8 p.m. you got to wait that extra 30 minutes just because it's Sunday. I, I actually order a lot from the Five Points uh, Bottle Shop online, almost exclusively. And I have to say, I, it's made me more experimental, I will tell you. Like something just be able to click and try. It's Because I, I, mean, I, I have tried some things I have not, frankly may not try again. But uh, there are like I, it allows me to experiment a little bit to try something and then uh, have it in regard. And they are great. I'm assuming that the other ones do it just as well as them. Where I just go in, they say, I say the name, I pop the trunk, they pop it right in the trunk, uh, and get on out of there. It works out pretty well. So uh, uh, I, I it, listen. It's a personal exp- to me. Uh, one of the many great. The few good innovations of the pandemic is the sudden increase of my alcohol purchasing online. That's happened a lot more uh, in the pandemic, and so uh, uh, they, they do a good job of it over there. And now, back to the podcast. And, you know, back to the running game, Georgia rushed 43 times for 215 yards, which is five yards of carry. Uh, they had a 22 yard long run, which was uh, Zamir's touchdown run. And you know, I, I guess if I was going to quibble with the run game, it would be too many times just run up the middle, you know, the A gap. Uh, it seems almost like they are just beholden to do that. It's, it's almost a throwback to last year because we were frustrated with just the the no uh, creativity uh, with the run game. I mean, you didn't see anything like a jet sweep. 
It was just, I did like the RPO that Stetson scored on um, where he, he kept the ball. I do think that that's still in play and that that could be something uh, that you see more of because of his agility and his quickness. Um, but, you know, I, I think a lot of people are going to talk about the 9 of 13 passing for 131 yards. Uh, the tip pass is a problem because you'll go, uh, you know, I'm going to say with standard quarterbacks, 6'2", six 6'2", six and, and over, um, you know, you might see one tip pass a year, maybe a couple, but not in back-to-back games that are then resulted in an interception. So that is a problem when you have a 5'11 quarterback. But perhaps the, the with the way that, that Zamir's rushing and hopefully Kenny McIntosh is back next week, and then you've got Kendall Milton, who's still, I think, is a good 1B to Zamir's 1A. I've just got a lot of confidence that George is going to continue to just establish the run game slow the game down. Um, I mean, they only had what fifty six plays on offense. Georgia did in a in a standard four quarter game. That's kind of low in today's offensive uh, firepower that you see around the country. But you know, it's not the most uh, exciting team this year. But it might just be uh, what Kirby thinks that he needs to do to get this done because we do forget and we have to remind ourselves often. And I think Tony, you just reminded us, or will. Uh, you know, it was supposed to be Jamie Newman. It was supposed to be someone else. It was not supposed to be Stetson's team. But here we are. We don't know why Mathis isn't playing. We don't know why Daniels truly isn't playing. We don't know why Beck hasn't played. This is a four-star out of Jacksonville. But um, with the talent that he has at quarterback right now, I think this is the game plan that you're going to continue to see. So uh, really, instead of me getting upset about it, uh, I'm just going to sit through it, <laughs> grin and bear it, and then have everybody around me just keep doing this. Like, calm down. We're in the lead. We will win this game, even if it's the most ugly win you've ever seen. For the record, uh, everyone I'm hanging out with in a non-football context is very much doing a, everybody calm down. We've got the lead. Take a deep breath. That is also happening uh, in, in the other context as well, but we will move on from that quickly. Uh, we got a, uh, uh, I'm assuming you guys got the same uh, alert that I just got uh, from my ESPN app. Richard LeCount is going, <clears throat> is going to be out for, quote, a few weeks after his injury. Uh, he had a motorcycle accident. He was terrific, by the way. I feel like that was one of the best games he's played in the, in the Kentucky game. He is going to be out for a few weeks uh, as well. Uh, Louis Cena is also going to be out, I think, for a while. So uh, there is uh, uh, there are injury issues for uh, against a. Well, we'll talk about this in the pregame show. But uh, those are not two guys you necessarily want out against a Florida offense that scored a lot of points uh, yesterday. Uh, I, I think that that's another thing to worry about. To be honest, is that uh, you're only throwing 13 passes and you can totally do that against Kentucky. That game plan is not going to work against Florida, no matter how good your defense is, particularly with those two guys out. Yeah, and then you throw in Rochester. Um, Scott, who was the other big man on the line that got hurt yesterday? Um, hmm. I don't remember who it was. Uh, Walker, Quay Walker got yeah, hurt. Quay Walker got hurt, but another one of the one, one of the big beefies. Jordan Davis. 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 Yes. Uh, Davis came back on the sideline wearing a sling. At least uh, Rochester, they just took his pads away. Um, it was a tough game. I mean, it wasn't exactly Tennessee 2016 bad or uh, 13 bad or whatever year that was. It went up there and uh, the Turf Monster broke. Everybody's heart and Gurley's knee, um, or Chubb's knee. Um, Chubb's knee. It was my birthday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. It was 16, <laughs> wasn't it? Um, 15. 15. 15. Uh, but, you know, the 
that is something for us to, to ponder and worry about when we record this week. You know, one last point, though, uh, and I, I have to wonder, at some point, how much does one having Jake Camarda factor into Kirby's decision-making, uh, and two, how much having such a good defense factors in, right? Because you do cut, there does come a point where you don't have to take chances. Uh, and, and I think, Will, the point you are trying to make, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but I think the point you're trying to make is there will come a point where merely having a good enough defense won't get you all the way home, at least to the SEC championship game uh, for the rest of the season. Uh, and I think we saw that. I mean, look, the Florida-Missouri game was close until it wasn't, and Florida just turned it on. Now, Missouri's defense is not as good as Georgia's, uh, and, and I don't think their offense is. But that is um, that is something to worry about as we go into and start thinking about this week. Is that we will at some point run into a situation where we have to move the ball quickly, uh, and and we saw the ability to do that and against some some now what we believe to be decent defenses. Um, but what we've seen the second or the last quarter of the Alabama game and four quarters of the Kentucky game. That's not the offense that we're comfortable running right now, and that's um, that's problematic. And I think that um, you know, with all the news coming down, like what Will just mentioned with the count out, and when you mentioned Scene and Jordan Davis, Quay Walker, Monty Rice still isn't one hundred percent. That does put a burden on the offense, and it kind of goes against everything that I've been saying on this podcast episode. Uh, because y'all are right. I mean. Georgia's defense is the best in the SEC as points allowed uh, by far by probably 30 or 40 points but with all those guys down you're going to have to have Tyreek Stevenson step up Mark Webb's going to have to play a lot more Major Burns the true freshman's probably going to have to move over because uh, Stevenson's going to be playing more safety and then Webb's going to move to safety and then you got can't but the good thing is Kirby has stacked classes he has a bunch of four and five stars back there they're going to be a little bit green but they could rise to the occasion against a high-powered Florida offense. And, um, and then to be able to take shots against that Florida defense, uh, that you're right, Tony. I mean, I've watched a lot of Florida games this year, and they are kind of head-scratching on defense. The, the, the interesting uh, part to me is going to be watching Britton Cox because he has been pretty good this year. And, um, but you know, I mean, he'll be going up against our line, which is, uh, which has been pretty good. The, the one thing on the line that concerns me is that hopefully Ben Cleveland is back to hundred percent. Uh, I know he got nicked up in the game, but, uh, yeah, we'll talk about it this week. Um, I, I just keep saying to myself four and one in a weird year. I mean, I'll take it right now. And one last thing I think we can, uh, I think we will definitely want to pick this up. I want to just put lay, uh, plant the emotional seed of, um, Boy, I would love to see Dan Mullen be unhappy next week. Uh, The way that that do, I don't, listen, the pandemic is stressful on everyone. Okay, we're uh, we're not always acting in our best ways at times, myself included. But holy cow cow man like the <laughs> like in all honesty i know remember i made the joke even before everybody got covered on florida the idea that like man i am glad that that dude is not the coach of my team and i don't have to talk myself into liking that guy um that becomes a little bit more apparent each week of uh 
I don't know how this ends for him there, and maybe they turn out to be really good in past Georgia, but I doubt it. <laughs> and the way that that guy is acting, he is acting in a way that I suspect does not end well for him. Yeah, man, the what went down at halftime of that Florida-Missouri game yesterday, I mean, he's he's still acting like he's, well, he's still acting like he's coaching, like he's somebody's little brother, one. Two, who would have thought the coaching staff that had Todd Grantham on it, that he would be the reasonable dude? I, it is just unreal, some of the, like, it's one thing just to run your mouth and, like, stream of consciousness after losing a tough road game. It's a whole other thing to, like, instigate a fight between the teams. And, you know, I, I, the whole time I'm watching it, I was like, ooh, ooh, get away, get away, Missouri, please get away. Seriously, um, like. And, and, and the, thing, the thing about it, the crazy thing about it is, like, he was like, oh, I was just trying to break them apart. You know uh-huh. there's like 29 uh-huh. TV cameras out there, right? Yeah. It's like when my son is like, uh, I didn't do that. You're the only one here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm just, it's, so, I'm sorry. That's just strange credulity. And his, and then to come back out of the tunnel and like do the hand raise, get people fired. It's just, I, I mean, I think you're right, Will. I mean, look, I am fine with him coaching there 12 more years. Uh as long as he continues these antics and goes, you know, I mean, I might feel differently next Sunday, but there is, there is, he, his antics have to put his bosses in a bind in a way that make them kind of really wonder what they thought they were getting. And that's fine because his bosses are also the ones that put up with Urban Meyer for five years uh, because Urban Meyer won. Um, you know, I, I don't think, I mean, they didn't put up with Jim McElwain and he was not winning. And it was basically because he lied about getting death threats. And it's not unreasonable to think that a coach of a major SEC team gets death threats from their fan base or other fan bases. But he made that statement and then couldn't back it up. And they're like, we're done with you. So I think you're right. I think it does not end well for him unless he starts winning um, many more games than he's won. And the interesting thing will be that the SEC office can go back and look at that tape and hand out potential more suspensions uh, for anybody that was throwing punches. Yeah, they, I would not be surprised if you – it would be shocking if Mullins on the sideline. But, it, no, it would be surprising but not shocking if Mullins on the sideline – not on the sideline. Uh, because he was he was not the peacemaker. He was the peacemaker in the same way the guy in the back going like, yeah, kick his ass. That's not the peacemaker. Yeah. yeah. I just, just, I mean, again, like, oh, whatever. When, like, when you sign up for college football, pretend when you sign up for the for SEC football, there's a certain level of like, all right, people are going to be a little bit too intense about this stuff, and that's fine because I love this stuff too. But there, is, like that dude, the lack of situational awareness is uh, pretty epic uh, to say the very least. But we can get all into that when we uh, when we talk on Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday is when we are taping. Just so, just to be clear to everyone, in case you're looking. For the time frame of the next thing, that next time we will talk, and what it might be afterward, uh, it will be Wednesday when we tape. So, uh, well, we'll we'll see if uh, if I can avoid the uh, the caravans on the way out to Watkinsville. I'll uh, I'll see if I can uh, get out there. But um, uh, otherwise, uh, good luck this week. Uh, hang in there, everybody.
Uh, I'm excited to. Uh, I, I'm I'm hopeful to uh, on Wednesday have a good froth of uh, dislike for Florida and have that drive uh, the rest of my week uh, to say the very least. Yeah, if you haven't voted, go vote Tuesday, guys. All right, be safe, everybody, uh, and uh, everyone, be careful. And hey, uh, vote and go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at WSLS Podcast. Also, for any of your beer, wine, or liquor needs, go ahead and check out BottleShopAthens.com. We'll be back recording our Georgia-Florida preview show on Wednesday, so look for it to be out sometime on Thursday of this week. We'll see you on campus, and as always, go dogs.